0: this is the RBBC year of being members one of another. Um, That is our theme. The deacons have uh, received this. Others have suggested fellowship uh, being the emphasis this year, and so we are going to have that as our reoccurring uh, theme throughout the next 12 months, and of course, small groups is a tremendous way that that is realized as our lives are integrated together to an even greater degree. You see, we already are members one of another. It's not that we're working toward being members one of another, but it's how we live that out that makes a difference. Really, how effective are we being? How faithful are we being at being members one of another? With that thought, turn to the book of Romans, if you would. Excuse my voice, a little bit weak this morning. Romans chapter uh, 12, Romans 12, and the thematic verse for the year is verse 5, but <coughs> as you know, we like to exegete verse-by-verse uh, verse, um, passages here at Redbridge, so we're going to study verses 1 through 5 of Romans chapter <coughs> 12. If you'll remember, Romans has three primary sections, the positional ch- section, chapters 1 through 8, the parenthetical that is, of Israel in election, chapters 9 through 11, and the practical is chapters 12 through 16. And so this begins the practical section in the book of Romans from the Apostle Paul, um, and we're going to study those five verses even right now. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Two primary points, if you're taking notes and there's quite a bit of note-taking if you're inclined for that, and I recommend it. First of all, we see in verses 1 and 2 the foundation for being members one of another. We don't want to just launch into verse 5 until and start building the structure until we have an understanding of what the foundation is behind that that structure, what the basic building blocks are of being members one of another. We need that sturdy foundation because, folks, when it comes to the storms of li- in our lives that can come from time to time, we need to make sure that this building, this structure can stand up in any type of weather, ergo the foundation must be intact. And so I can say to you, we're members one of another, uh, but, but unless I understand upon what that is built, then I'm not going to have a, as ready a recall as, as a, uh, much of a grasp on it as I need to have. First of all, when it comes to the foundation, the compelling motivation is Christ died for me. The first part of verse 1 says that, there I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God, based upon the first 11 chapters, which speak much of all the Lord has done for his people in that we've received grace, and we're called, and we're chosen, we're predestined, and we're, we're redeemed, and we're justified, we're reconciled, we're forgiven, uh, we've become servants of righteousness, and, and on and on. Based upon all of that, what he has done, that is my motivation for wanting to live out my days in being integrated with others who have experienced the very same grace. I'm motivated that way. I'm not motivated to uh, be a part of your life and want you to be a part of my life because of the, it's, well, it's a duty. I have to do that or any such thing. No, I'm motivated because I'm mindful from this passage of what he has done for me. The mercies of God, the sure and the complete and the secure and the steady and the everlasting mercies of God compel me to want to Enjoy my life with brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you like that? Amen. I mean, do you, I, I, I trust you're not here because you have to, but because you get to. You're healthy and you're strong and you're, uh, and you're a part of the body. You're a, one of those members intricately woven together in the fabric, the tapestry, which he has called the church. And so Christians owe a debt of love. To God, and therefore we're motivated to serve him with one another uh, out of that. Now, and what is, it, what is it that's so compelling? Well, what he has done, he has laid down his life and brought me into his family, brought me into his sheepfold, brought me into his body as a, an important, as a vital part. In other words, my life in Christ matters, and it ought to matter to you, and your life in Christ ought to matter. In fact, it does to me as well. I'm motivated to be members one of another because of what he has done. And then we see the general expression of how that plays out. Uh, I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. The general expression is that that I am going to now live for him. It's not optional. There's no optional discipleship. The, 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 The compelling thrust of the text is that The Lord expects and demands my total allegiance, my total obedience and dedication to him. Notice at the end of verse 1, it says that we are to present. It's the same word as yield. Yield your members there in chapter 6. It means uh, to make oneself available to be at the disposal of God. And so if I'm gonna live out being members of one another, the first thing is present myself. Yield myself, okay God, I am yours. I belong to you, you live within me by your spirit, your word teaches me, it's all about you. For unto him are all things, and that includes my life. And then notice it says, present your bodies. Not just skin and bones and all, but it's analogous to the animal sacrifice. All of the sacrifice was consumed. And so I'm to yield myself, and my all is to be poured out. My time, my talents, my treasure. All of it is to be poured out to him, and how that will be realized is within the body of Christ as we are members one of another. Uh, Notice also it's a living sacrifice. Old Testament sacrifices were dead, but since he died for me, it, it is now a living sacrifice. Uh, and I have up on the screen Psalm uh, 116, 12, um, uh, about the, the compelling motivation. I'm sorry, I didn't give you that next, uh, that next uh, point, did I? The general expression of me living for him, to present my, my bodies as a living sacrifice. First Samuel chapter 15 in verse 22 says, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifices and so the old testament sacrifices were killed and they were consumed uh, on the burnt uh, as a burnt offering on the altar but we are living sacrifices because he died we now live in him in fact psalm 51 and verse 17 tells us that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, and so it's we're to present that is yield our bodies are all a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable unto God, without spot, without blemish, the Old Testament sacrifices, and my life and your life are to be that which are consecrated to him this is this is before we can ever hope to really experience members one of another. When you're in your small group, if this foundation has not first been laid in the lives or being laid in the lives of those who are present, then uh, the reality of being members one of another uh, really is far-fetched. It really can't happen because the foundation must be in place. And then notice also, this is your reasonable service. And uh, there's been a lot of liberty taken in translations in, uh, here. Um, the emphasis is not spiritual worship or spiritual mode of worship, but it's really translated the logical duty. In light of all he has done for me, it, is only, it only makes sense that I would yield my all to him as a living sacrifice. And so the foundation then is uh, my complete yieldedness to him. And then in verse 2, there's a specific plan for how that is realized. Notice in verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Two, uh, two primary uh, points uh, that have to do with uh, my life of separation, and it's not one or the other, it's both. Because if you're not experiencing both, then you're really not experiencing either one. It's, it's, all of, it's both of these two points, or really it's neither. First of all, I'm to be separated from the world. Notice in verse 2 it says, And be not conformed to this word. world. Uh, it's the word for scheme. Don't take on the scheme and follow the scheme of the word. Don't fit into the mold of the world um, if you're saved, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's illogical to try to act and be like the world. So you are separated from the world. And the second point, if you're separated from the world, then you're separated unto the Lord. Notice I said it's, it's both of them. You can't be separated from the world if you're not separated unto the Lord, because you're still being the world. And you can't be separated unto the Lord if you're not separated from the world. And so both of these will be in play, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed, do you have the word metamorphosis there? Anybody have that? That's the word. Just like an ugly caterpillar changes into a beautiful butterfly, very same word, very same concept. That old person that died in Christ is changed and and is changing that is taking on more and more oh at the point of salvation i was changed i became a new uh, creature in christ but i continue to change taking on more and more of his likeness amen so uh, it is i am being conformed i am taking on more and more of his likeness and so i have a goal every christian has a goal glorifying god in all that I do and all that I'm about, and so that is the foundation, my motivation because He died for me. Uh, the the expression of it, me living for Him, and the way I do that is being separate from the world, day by day. Uh, uh, the world leaving me, and it's leaving me, and it's leaving me, and closer and closer and closer to Him, moment by moment. That's the foundation, generally speaking, in verses one and two. Secondly. The function the function of being members one of another <clears throat> and in a word the practical focus uh, is humility the believer's walk is one of humility just like it is in ephesians chapter 4 it's interesting if you'll notice in book uh, the book of romans here chapter 12 begins the practical section uh, after 11 chapters of theology The very first thing it says on the practical walk in verse 3, don't think too highly of yourself. And then in the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters are doctrine, the doctrine of of salvation, the doctrine of one body in Christ. And then the practical section begins in chapter 4, and it says in verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, long-suffering forbearing one another. And so both of these books by Paul come out of a lengthy or fairly lengthy section of doctrine and goes into the practical section with the very first issue being stop walking in pride. If you're going to be members one of another, it's not about you. It's not about Uh, who's who's the leader in my group Uh, where is it located I mean there's there are practical considerations but that's not the motivating thrust the motivating thrust is how can I pour into your life and how can you pour into my life because it's not about me I must stop thinking so highly of myself and start concentrating on the good of the body and so verse 3 really seems to ask the question how should I view myself well it's really answering what the living sacrifice concept is first of all it gives us a negative pride will exalt itself notice in verse 3 the grace given unto me that is the grace of salvation the grace to write this bible book to every man who's among you you roman believers don't think more highly than you ought to think oh to be sure you're created in god's image You're the crowning glory of creation, mankind. Those kinds of things you're supposed to understand. Uh, You're accepted in Him. You are beloved of Him in Christ. But it's talking about thinking too highly of oneself in a prideful sense. Folks, I've searched my Bible, and I cannot find anywhere that Scripture teaches people suffer from low self-esteem. Did you hear that? People do not suffer from low self-esteem. On the contrary everyone battles pride, and everyone demands and delights in his or her own will. I like to be pampered. Uh, I, uh, I tell people, I'm spoiled, and I'm, I like it. <laughs> I like to be spoiled, right? Because no one ever hates his own flesh. We do nourish and cherish it. We do want it comforted. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, be very mindful that, that, uh, that you don't fall into that, you don't exalt yourself, and instead, at the end of verse 3, walk in humility, but think soberly according as God hath dealt ev- to everyone the measure of faith. I need to see myself as God sees me, that I, I don't have any bragging rights, I don't have any gifts or talents or abilities or, or money or health or intelligence, anything like that, save they be gifts from the Lord himself, right? Amen? I mean, you could be taken out in a second, couldn't you? You could be, uh, you could be dead and gone. You could be uh, disabled. I mean, you could be bankrupt. You, all kinds of things could happen, but because you are here in your right man, mind in relatively good health, at least good enough health to be here with transportation and, and uh, uh, comfort, uh, all of those things. They're gifts from the Lord. That is how he wants us to think of ourselves, as people who are blessed, blessed of God, exalting the grace of God in, in, through our lives. John MacArthur wrote, humility is the most foundational Christian virtue now how do you know if you're struggling in this area or if you're walking in humility well do anything in service to god and see check your own heart if you want to be noticed if you want someone to notice what you're doing uh you see uh, i pointed out those folks just after chuck got done singing because i noticed it and they did not text me a message. I don't have my phone on me anyway. Saying, would you recognize me? Uh, nothing like that. As far as the first thing from their mind. Absolutely had no thought about that whatsoever. It's that kind of an idea. Am I doing what I'm doing to be recognized? To, to receive acknowledgement for it? Or if no one else knew, would I be equally content? Would I be equally satisfied in my soul that only God was aware of my ministry. Or, if that doesn't work for you, try this. What if you do the same thing someone else does, teach a class, sing a song, uh, lead a committee, uh, work in a you do the same thing someone else does, only that person does it better than you. <laughs> you know, you've heard me say, um, this sounds like feigned humility, but I've actually noticed it. Redbridge is lauded all over the place uh, for our awana program these 27 years for our missions and our missionaries for our music brother sailor elwood chip chase literally stands up and says redbridge has the best music in all of kansas city consistently day in day out weekend can... no one ever says it's the best preaching in town so <laughs> i've never <laughs> i've never heard that i promise god is my witness uh, and um, one time uh, as a matter of fact uh, uh, Betsy will remember this I don't mind uh, telling on her she's she can take it uh, when she was about when she was about 15 years old 14 years old uh, come every Sunday come home I, I get there last uh, greeting folks and all and uh, lunch is uh, lunch is on the almost on the table and this and that and I walked up the stairs from my garage uh, and this is over 20 years ago and it was very quiet in the house and I, just, and I went ahead and broke the ice and said, well, have you ever seen a train wreck like that uh, from a sermon before? And it, was, it really, really was. I, didn't, I was having an out-of-body experience that day. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, and nobody said anything, nobody said anything. No, finally, Betsy broke the silence and says, Dad, that was really bad. <laughs> I can laugh now. Why do you do what you do for someone to come up? Now, don't you all come running up to me today and say, you're the best preacher. Don't do that. I'm not buying it. (laughs) Okay? But the motivation from my heart, am I doing what I'm doing in the name of Christ from a heart thrilled with him? And you know, shunning shunning, or pushing back on someone giving you a word of encouragement that can also be self-serving that can also oh no oh oh shocks no 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 you you don't mean it you know that if someone gives you a a word of encouragement and appreciation all just say thank you i'm glad the lord i'm thankful the lord used it amen isn't that good and and that and that's 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 unto him be glory humility, exalt in that. In fact, Scripture teaches that. James 4.10, humble yourselves. How do you do that? By gazing on his glory, by not looking at self. And so, how I should view myself. Secondly, how I should view others is found in verses 4 and 5. And these two verses um, are really very simple to understand. Um, God wants me to see you as valuable. Notice in verses 4 and 5, Many members in one body, all members don't have the same office, but we're, yet we're in the body, and so therefore we're members one of another. I'm to see you as valuable. We're to view others as God's creative work. And so we matter to one another. You know, our newly, uh, newly formed, although it's been one to two years in the study and in the making, uh, our small group ministry, uh, which... Uh, uh, um, uh, Brother Task Force Chairman, 70 uh, adults are involved, I think. Some 70 adults are now. And we just started. We've just, and we're already packed on all the groups that we have, full. And, we're, and new, new recruiters are being trained, recruited and trained right now. But in our small group ministry emphasis, it, uh, it emphasizes accountability. And I shared this, uh, not shared it since then, but a few months ago I shared it. What does it mean to be accountable? It means that I'm counting on you and you're counting on me. I'm counting you matter to me your life matters to me how it goes with you matters to me and I sure trust how it goes with me matters to you in fact I know that to be the case um, as I've received so much ministry from um, from this body the church has one master Lord Jesus and he calls us to walk in humility Toward how we view others, MacArthur wrote, "The greatest hindrance to unity is pride." If we're going to walk as members one of another, it must be and will only be as we do so by preferring others higher than ourselves. J. Oswald Sanders wrote, "Pride is the sin in whose presence, uh, of whose presence, its victims is least its victim is least conscious." In other words. I'm not aware. So I had those. I said try on those two, uh, those two testers. Um, am I looking to be noticed when I do something? Or is somebody else doing the same thing and that person gets noticed and I didn't? If something wells up within you, that ought to be an indication right at this moment I'm not seeking God's glory exclusively. Y'all with me on this? Uh, now those are good practical checkpoints that all of us uh, may have experienced. Jonathan Edwards wrote, It is by pride that the mind defends itself in other errors and guards itself against light by which it might be corrected and reclaimed. Well, God, after all, I give to missions. Yeah, but the Lord's convicting you here. But, Lord, I, uh, I attend Sunday school faithfully, but he's convicting you here. You see, we, we want to justify errors by uh, guarding ourselves Against the light that He is bringing us, so He wants me to see you as valuable to me, but also God wants me to see you as different than me. Uh, in forty-five years of walking in the Lord, I've grown in that area. If uh, if you were a man back in that day uh, in the in the seventies when I got saved, and you uh, you had uh, hair t- over your ears and uh, you absolutely don't even come around me if you had an earring no, or any kind of piercing for that matter uh, and if you were a female with any type of a tattoo um uh, i would almost write you off just with that now i'm just being transparent here right I, I'm, I'm 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 sharing a week this is romans 14 i'm the weaker brother in this in this uh, this illustration and so i've had to grow my kids will say thank you lord in this area <laughs> Uh, of recognizing you don't have to be me, and you need to grow, and that I don't have to be you. (laughs) In fact, when Kathy and I were courting, uh, and Kathy was a ballroom dancer, literally. uh, uh, She was in clubs, and she did it uh, for 30 years, uh, all the waltzing and various things uh, in big ballrooms, and actually uh, was on a, like a club, uh, where you did that kind of a thing. And uh, she told her single girlfriends, that uh, there's a a, a man courting her. Oh, they were so excited. They were so thrilled and everything. And he's a pastor. Oh, they just absolutely got really giddy about that. And what kind of, what church, what kind of, they said, well, he's a Baptist pastor. And one of them says, does he know that you dance? (laughs) Uh, And she assured them that he knew Um, and and I assured her that she knew that I don't, (laughs) and we're fine with that because we're not the same person, right? We're in the same body. The liver doesn't do what the kneecap does. The ankle doesn't do what the knuckle does, on and on. We are to see one another differently, Folks, only God could have and would have come up with an idea of putting all of us together. You know that? All of us together. Rebecca, how old is the little one? Three months. And Bob, you're 91? Almost. I'm not not pushing you toward that, but I I knew you were 90-ish. And then we've got all parts in between. We probably have a a, a hundred different levels of melanin in our skin present here. Male, female, and that's, by the way, that's all there is and all there ever will be in that realm, and uh, um, all kinds of differences and varieties and all. And yet, one body, one family, and we will function wonderfully if. And when I don't see myself as something special compared to you. I'm something special because God says I am. And you are also. You all with me on that? But uh, something special over you or you over me. But that we are together in one body. Where are you today? A selfless servant, a member of another, one of another? Practically, or would you say, you know, I might be full of self more so than I ought to be. If th- that is the case, what do you do? Well, you do what you do with any sin. You confess and repent. Say, God, this isn't to be part of my life. I'm demanding my own way. I- I- I'm worried about getting recognition. Uh, I- I'll serve you when I'm comfortable. No, no, a million times no i 'm calling that sin that is not dedicating my all to you it 's not surrendering and yielding my my all my being as an instrument of righteousness and i 'm turning from that, and instantaneously from a genuine heart, God says, "Now I can use that vessel i 'll bless that vessel, and we will to a greater degree than ever before I would say experience members one of another if you're in a small group or if you're not this applies to all of us verse 5 is our thematic verse for these next 12 months lord i'm thankful for your word the strength and the power the life-changing power that it brings when we look at it in its context and we understand the words the, the 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 vocabulary the grammar the syntax but mostly the spirit of application for our lives today and lord would you bring conviction in my life where this is not a reality you know spirit of god you know where it is where i'm disingenuous where i'm not being transformed by the renewing of my mind by the word of god When I am thinking too highly of self, Lord, bring that conviction so that I might confess and repent and turn. And Lord, bring that upon your people to whom it applies in this hour, even now. And Lord, for any gathered with us who don't know you, have never been born again, are not a part of the body, are outside of the body of Christ, outside of the family of God, Lord, in your mercy, as the very first verse says, by the mercies of God, Lord, that you would draw to yourself and grant repentance and faith to be saved, even.